0: recovered1440.com cabin fever episode six my name is bobby and i'm an addict this is a podcast for people who may be struggling with addiction who want some help Um, there are 1440 minutes in a day and that's how we recover one day at a time me and my friends are lucky enough to be part of a fellowship that's changed our lives that fellowship wishes to remain anonymous at the level of press and media they're not allied with any sect denomination religion, any of that bollocks, Um, but if you are looking for a solution, jump online and tap in 12-step meetings near me and I'm sure you'll find a bunch of lovely people willing to help you. Um, I'm joined today by a good friend of mine called Gary, who is going to tell us a little bit about his life. I'll hand the meeting over to you, Gal. Welcome. Hello Bob. Nice to see you. Yeah, and you, how are you?
1: I'm good. You're looking very sexy as usual. And you always, <laughs> always dressing well. We try these days. These we do, days. yeah, we do make a bit of an effort. <laughs> More so than we used to. And that's what I've been doing like, that this week. Treat myself to some nice clothes. Imagine such a thing. I know, because like I remember my first meeting that I went to, I put my jeans on, there's a rip right up the crutch. <laughs> and I was just like oh <laughs> how have i got how have i got to that, that yeah, yeah. they're my favorite jeans it's like didn't know that so no. i was probably bowling around for a period of time with a huge rip not actually realizing so it's like over this period of time of sobriety, getting actual uh, clothes and Treating stuff yourself, yeah because i'd spend it all on drugs yeah clothes are secondary like a pair of jeans or a ticket Pair of jeans, one, no. all the time. Just us a favour, girl.
0: Tell us what your life was like,
1: what you did, and what your life's like today. Please, sir. So, um, I grew up in Fawr. Mm-hmm. Um, a childhood was quite normal. Um, I had my, my mum and dad and my sister. Um, my sister had the, the difficult upbringing over the two of us. She she called me the golden child. I was I was the sporty one. She was the intelligent one, mm. and. Everything was cool. I had alcoholic grandparents. Hmm. They're still here with me today, and they're still alcoholic. And then I had my dad's mum, which I'll get to later on my journey. She was a nan's nan. Like, superb little End lady, yeah. tiny little thing. And she used to, well, I used to work at Lakeside Shopping Center. I was a manager there. She used to come in and give me a Mars bar. <laughs> but she Sweet. would smuggle it to me like it was a drug steal. Because she didn't <laughs> want to embarrass me in front of my work colleagues crazy, and I was just like, you don't have to do that now I'm, like, I'm going to tell them all that you brought me a Mars bar because it was great. It didn't matter that I was in my mid-20s. I thought it was fantastic that my nan, nan used to pop in. Yeah. And she's a pivotal part of my, my story and also, my I'll say, my recovery. But, mm. um, yeah, grew up in Farrakh, like I say, I was very, very sporty and sport filled the hole, the empty hole that we carry quite a lot with us as addicts, I feel. Mm. So, I... Up my peak, I played for four football teams. Wow. And you know, I played at Tilbury Town, I played Sunday League, I played Saturday, uh, and I was playing for the school and the college. And that gave me what I needed, like training, 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 football, 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 gave me everything I needed to feel whole. And the minute I stopped doing that, so basically I ripped all my ligaments playing football, Oof. and I was on crutches for three months, and it was the same time alcohol came into my life. Yeah. So alcohol filled that temporary void yeah. of sport because I couldn't play, and then when I went back to football, I was overweight. Mm. I struggled more. I was scared to tackle because obviously my, I didn't feel my foot was ever as strong as it was, yeah. and I was kind of lost because I didn't have that. I didn't have I didn't have my sport as my outlet as my go to, and it was my sport was addiction. It definitely was, and I loved it, and I. I wasn't one of these players that was good at a young age, I had to work hard to become a better player, mm. so I put the hours in, I was the first on the training pitch, the last off it, and I got better through that, I was never going to make it a high standard, but I certainly worked hard to be the player that I was, mm. and the minute that got taken away from me, yeah, drink drink took its spot, and I always just say I didn't identify as an alcoholic, mm. but certainly over, like, I, I, with the alcohol, I basically drank to oblivion. Mm. So, but it was always small incidents. So, I wasn't drinking continuously, but I drank alcoholically, So, I, I had to annihilate myself, mm. and I was chaos on the drink mm. through my, through my teens to my early twenties. There was a lot, lot of stories. And my mate went to me once. He was like, Gary, went, you've got all the stories. He went, they might not be good for you, but they're good <laughs> for everyone else. And that's the way he described it, because. Mm. We went out to Thailand in our early 20s and I crashed a moped and I'm at the full moon party all bandaged up, zombied up to the max, yeah, that's right. all the blood seeping through. Great for them, like, great source of comfort and my ego's bashed a bits. Yeah. It really is and um, it's a, it was a struggle. And I, didn't find, I didn't find cocaine early. Uh, I took the first line at 23. Um, I lost my job. I was a store manager. Um, I won't name the store. But I was still a manager, lost my job. It was Christmas period. We went up to Newcastle and I was in a house, house party, all my mate, my mates friends he met traveling. I was there and I didn't know anyone. And I was very quiet, I was that shy boy in the corner. Yeah, not comfortable with my own skin, not yeah. comfortable with my surroundings. Yeah. And um, he was like, we're gonna get some cocaine in. And um, he was like, you know, you're pretty quiet. Do you want some? He said like you've been going for a bit of a time. Uh, he went, I'll give you the nod if you want some. I was like, all right, cool. And uh, I sat there debating it. I was very anti-drugs at the time as well, really anti-drugs. And he gave me a nod, and I just done it. I, the, the adrenaline and the nervousness running through my body. I'd done the line, and then twenty minutes later, he's telling me to calm down because I'm chewing everyone's ear off. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and like, I was it. like I had. I, I won't lie. I had a fantastic night yeah, yeah. on that on that one line of cocaine. I had a fantastic yeah. night, and I was really, really. You know, the centre of attention. Well, I felt like I was the centre of attention. It was all, you know, it's all about me now. And you know, I'm going to entertain everyone tonight. and We're we'll going to have a great time with it. And then, you know, I woke up the next day, and there, there was no obsession, no desire to do more. Mm-hmm. I didn't touch it again for another five years. And um, there was still more incidents on the alcohol and the way I drank. And I've I, in my sort of my mid to late twenties, I developed a trend of. Drinking to the point where I would leave all my mates wherever I was and walk home, mm. and it didn't matter if that was two miles or ten miles. I'm doing the walk. That was my little thing, and I must have put uh, my friends through a lot of worry because I'd disappear. Mm-hmm. You know, one time I, I rolled up in Southend Hospital after I passed out in the bandstand in the snow on my birthday, mm-hmm. and no one knew where I was. And when I rang I was just making up street names apparently to so they couldn't find me, mm-hmm. and I caused all that worry for just because I drank drunk to oblivion. And then um, I got to about 28, and I met my mate Clayton. Um, and this is where it all gets, this where all the carnage unfolds, for so coke. Clayton done coke, um, occasionally. And he was like, have you tried it? I was like, yeah, a long time ago. He's like, do you want to get some? I was like, yeah, all right, cool, I'll have a bit. So I didn't think I had an issue. Like, I didn't realise I suffer with addiction mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I, I would always say I had an addictive personality, because... I think it sounds cool, like rather than saying I'm an addict, it sounds quite harsh and brutal. So, me and Clayton would do gear every couple of months, and that went on for about four years, and it was easy to do it like that, because I made sure I didn't have the dealer's number. Because I think if I did get the dealer's number, (coughs) that's when I'd be off and running, and I would have a problem with it. But because I never had the dealer's number, I let Clayton buy it. Mm. It was managed by Clayton, mm. and that was a good thing. Yeah. Because to be honest with you, at that point, I didn't know where to start on looking for a dealer. Mm. So, we got to about six years ago, and all we had a series of events where, first of all my best mate, Chris, his dad passed away. Um, I'll tell you, he's my second dad. Like, we, we grew up on the same street, we lived across the road from each other. Know each other since we were three years old. Fantastic guy, and I wanted to be there for Chris. And then the night before Chris's dad's funeral, my nan passed away. Yeah. Uh, the The little East End nan, the yeah. one that I really, really look up to. And um, I was still, Chris was like, "You don't have to come to the funeral." I was like, "No, I want to be there for you. I want to support you." So I supported Chris through that, and I probably hadn't really, hadn't sunk in about my nan's yeah. death. I don't think I ever dealt with it very, very well. I actually, when Dad mm-hmm. passed away, I had a lot of guilt and shame because, I think that's quite natural. I f- wish I'd spent more time yeah, with her. Perhaps. I wish I'd pop round once a week, like I always did as a child. But every Sunday I'd be there uh, without foul. And as you get older, your life changes, yeah. and sometimes you don't do things. And yeah, I'll always have that regret. I didn't see her a bit more because she loved having family round her. And yeah, I, I kind of blanked out her death and didn't, you know, I, j- I just punished myself. Through it, and three months after that, roughly, um, we went to Amsterdam for my mate Stagdo, and uh, Clayton had a fit twice while we was there, and um, he went to hospital in Amsterdam. They said he's got water on the brain, and he needs to get back to England. They can drain it off with uh, some sort of medication. Everything's gonna be all right, and he he come back to England, gave all the doctor's note from Amsterdam, and uh, he. Was due to go in on the Monday, two weeks after the incident in Amsterdam, and he didn't wake up. He went into, he went into a, a coma, uh, and he got rushed into hospital. They couldn't wake him up. He was suffering with severe headaches the day before, and he had a brain tumor on the side of a fist, and it was like my world was falling apart that year. Lost a lot of close people, and then I was about to lose my best. What well, I thought I was going to lose my best mate, and it was like forty eight hours until like, that was critical. And he come through it, and he's still here with us today. But he wasn't the same. And me being me, I w- that was the trigger to cause mayhem with drugs then. Mm. So, I ne- Clayton's, Clayton's ill, he needs my support, and he got my support, but I needed drugs then. Mm. I, I felt a dependency to deal with day to day life by getting drugs mm. so I got the dealer's number mm. seeked out the dealer's number found someone at work knew had to get a dealer's number in my local area and that was game over yeah. absolute game over and I've still been there for Clayton but I, resent, I resented him so much not him I resented that he didn't want to use coke no more that I lost my using buddy mm. I was so selfish that yeah I just I wanted him back in his normal form mm. when actually I should have really appreciated that He's alive mm-hmm. and he might have been different. And he's altered, his personality is altered, but he's still here. Mm-hmm. One of my main mates is still here, but I couldn't think like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I never pushed him to use Coke, but there was part of me that just wanted him to use Coke again. Mm-hmm. And he's selfish. Yeah. And me as an, an addict, I am selfish. Mm-hmm. Like, if I don't work my program, I'm a very, very selfish person. And yeah, I was just like, I was gutted with that. He, he was very nervous and insecure and he wasn't the same person, and I helped him get better with his memories and stuff, but actually I wanted us just to go back to the way it was, because it was never out of hand either. So, got the dealer's number, and that was it then. Um, I had problems at work. I I was getting bullied at work by a supervisor. Um, He sexually assaulted me, I would say, by pushing his fingers against my ass while doing a a meeting. and it was never taken seriously. And my mental state was just spiralling then, spiralling. And, mm. and mm. I you know, I, 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 drugs filled the hole and it put me in this big bubble mm. where I could just sit there with myself and away from the world. I felt safe, mm. basically. Mm. I didn't use Coke to go out and be sociable. Mm. I was a sociable person before the Coke. Mm. Coke made, sent me to isolation and locked me away, mm. but I felt so safe and I felt, you know, I was that scared little boy yeah. that needed that protection around him. And the only protection I could get was being in my room, locked away on my own. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and so I was living with Clayton, and in the end, my drug, he found out about my drug usage, and he found about 100 little straws under my bed, and about 200 tickets. And he, he sat down, bawling his eyes out, and asked me to get help, and said, he doesn't want to lose me. Mm. And that's Clayton. There's me wanting him to be back to his old way where he just didn't want to lose me and it's so selfless to mm. think like that and I said I'll be fine. I, I underplayed it, I reassured him, I gave him all the lip service I needed to do for him not to worry. And then we had a row I said, I think about me. he moved his girlfriend in, I said, oh, I think I'm gonna move out and uh so they've got the space and he didn't take it very well. He wanted me there, he wanted me there, he didn't take it very well. And uh we had a big fallout and he packed up my stuff and uh it was them places, so I went from Mockingdon to Hemel Hempstead to Hertfordshire to Southend, running away from the problem because it wasn't me, <laughs> no it wasn't no, me, no, it was all these places yeah, yeah. and no matter where I went I'd find the gear because it's obviously it's a me problem and I I weren't happy in my skin and I, I needed drugs to just get through day to day life and life become unmanageable, you know I was, I was doing enough just to feed myself and have petrol in my car to get to and from work to keep feeding my drug habit. Um, you know, I had a couple of like, mad incidents, you know, psychosis kicked in, but my psychosis had become reality when my landlord's house got burgled and they were away and I didn't know what to do, so I just stood at the window with a knife, <laughs> like, trying to scare them. <laughs> and, uh, because psychosis, the paranoia of the psychosis laying in bed, um, hearing stuff that isn't actually there, so then when you do hear something and you check the window, because I was a blind twitcher looking outside <laughs> all the time, and then you see these two people actually standing there. You're That's like, scary. shit, didn't know what to do. And my mate's asked, "Like, what are you going to do tonight? I went, probably just throw it at and run. And I was like, <laughs> I ain't got it in me to do yeah, anything like that. No. And then uh, I crashed into a lady uh, in my car after about 45 minutes of sleep. She was moving to the Caribbean the next day, and I ruined that for her. Oh, and I rubbed my oh. mum up. I said, Look, just so you know, I'm probably going to get arrested in a minute. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm on coke. Um, I've crashed into the back of a woman's car. I said, and uh, she's called the police. So I said, like, you need to be ready that I'm going to be um, be taken away. And they checked my blood pressure. I went, your blood pressure's through the roof. And I was just like, no shit. <laughs> uh, like, no shit. And I was just like, this is, and I was just like waiting. I stepped out of the ambulance, two cops standing there. And I said, right, what do we need to do? Because I was like... Yeah. I just couldn't really expect it, and I was mm. like, oh, you can go. And Fucking that should have been my call to go, you need to stop this. Yeah. But what I had done instead was when I need a holiday, went away for three weeks, smashed myself up on alcohol, but when I have not done coke, I'm all right. Yeah. Three weeks of beering it up, come back, the minute I got back. Back where started. Back to the dealer, mm. back getting gear, steal the obsessions on me, because I replaced one thing for another, mm. and then I couldn't get coke where I was, when I was away. I didn't seek it, but alcohol was still there. I mm. still needed something to self self sabotage myself and mm. put me in that little bit of comfort and that bubble where I felt safe and you know just that disconnected from society yeah. was enough for me. Mm. And um, yeah, so my final move, I moved to south End into a house share, and I effectively a drug stem. Bloke above me got arrested because he was dealing cocaine. Uh, two people smoking crack, me, and it, even then it was like these, pe- these people need help. <laughs> like, yeah, the I, I'm not, I'm not, i nowhere near as bad. bad as these yeah, guys. I was like, that. yeah, these, these guys need help, and um, I was like, I've got to get away from here. Like, this is insane. These are bringing me down. Like. Yeah, so <laughs> I, my landlord was just like, look, I want a flatmate, so I moved in with my landlord. And uh, I moved in and he, he suffers with drink. And it, it was a blessing and a curse, because I looked at him and I was just like, that's me. It was looking in the mirror, but mm. like his behaviours and stuff like that, I was like, that's me, that's terrible. And I got a job where I was on assignment, I was working permanent early, just this overtime so I could spend endless amounts of money on drugs. Yeah. And my mate, my mate actually recommended a podcast to me. He said we oh, really? need to listen to it.
0: That's
1: interesting. Yeah, and he said that he went, I don't think, you might not need it, but it's worth a listen. And he was my little angel on my shoulder that day, and I said, he saved my life, my mate, my mate Brett. And he said, uh, it was a podcast and I related to everything to it. And I spent two more weeks smashing myself to bits. And my last use up was West Ham and Gloucester Tottenham.
0: That's a good reason. I think that's a
1: fair reason. <laughs> and uh, I went into work on the back of about an hour's kit. I used to you know, stare at the ceiling for the regret. I was off oh. that last line, mm. and you'd, you'd get about two more hours of you know, bolted and laying there in bed. Because my routine was in bed. I should really cover the routine, because I think a lot of men will relate to routine before I carry on with the stories. Mm. So I'll go back a bit. Like, my routine was staying in bed, and my, Unity triangle was my phone in one hand with dating sites,
0: mm.
1: porn on the laptop, yeah. and my TV on the volume of one, which was too loud. Too much too loud. Much yeah. too loud, thinking everyone's going to hear yeah. it when in yeah. fact all they'd probably hear was me masturbating yeah. because that's I self abused that way as well. And, um, and that was my triangle of unity, and that's what my routine was you know, for 10 hours a night, mm. laying there doing that to myself, abusing myself over porn, uh, watching every single Variety. Variety, yeah, completing <clears throat> Pornhub. Mm. Completing Pornhub. And it was just, it was vile. Mm. Like when I think about it, sweating and letting my hygiene go mm. and, you know, not smelling great and stuff yeah. like that. And you think, how have I got to this stage in life sort of thing? And, yeah. but that's, it was either going to continue with that and die. Yeah. Or have a heart attack, something's bad or do what I need to do. And also here I heard about the recovery in the rooms. Mm. And I... I Googled where there was local meetings for a 12-step programme. And there was one on a Monday night. And I talked myself out of it. Like, really talked myself out of it. And then I run up my mates and told them that I've got a problem. Wow. They all knew it, mm. but they were tread on eggshells around me. Yeah, and so I'm gonna go to a meeting on Tuesday to see what it's about. And because of my mindset, I still, because I didn't understand that I needed to do this for myself, yeah. I thought if I tell them, I don't like letting my mates down. So I will, I will go, I'll go to a meeting because they, they're expecting me, and they'll ask me how I went. And I walked up to the meeting and there was this girl standing outside and there was about 15 others and I was ready to turn away and walk away. Yeah, I don't and um, she grabbed me by the arm and she was like, "You fed up with wanking in your room on your own." <laughs> I, I, yeah, that was her words. So I was I, like, "Shit, Adelaide knows." Like, they're on to me. <laughs> I was like, "Wait, there's nowhere to turn though." Yeah. So I looked. I was like, "I was absolutely panicked when yeah. she said it," and I just was like, "Yeah," like, it was so weak. Like, yeah. I was for a big guy, I was pathetic. Oh, I really yeah. was, and uh, it it was like a spirit guided me up them stairs wow. into that room. Yeah. And getting them that walk, I couldn't get there myself. No, something guided me there that yeah. night, and I Last firmly believe that I had a, a spiritual experience that night that got me in some rooms because mm-hmm. I tried to do everything to get sober, other than the rooms. Yeah, and I sat down there, listened, and I listened with an open mind, and the word of God come up didn't scare me. No. I know it scares others; mm-hmm. it didn't scare me. I was so fucked that I was willing to give anything a go yeah. to get to get sober and. There was a lot of people that wrapped themselves in love with me, and seeing people laughing and joking, mm. and also so many normal people in there, and it's like okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do another meeting, and someone tries to get me to go on the Wednesday, and I talked about it. I talked myself out the Wednesday, and I was like, well, there's another on a Thursday, in Canvey, I was like, all right, so I went to Canvey, and I went to Shrewsbury on Sunday, and that was it. Then I went to all these different meetings, and I, and that was it. I was. I was fully invested, by the third meeting I was like, I need to be here. Yeah. I listened to it all, I I picked up the um, book on the 12 steps. I was like, I need to throw myself into this program. Mm. And it's not been easy. No. You know my journey, Bob. <laughs> um, I struggle sometimes. And I do like to make hard work of an easy program. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I, I picked my first sponsor, I didn't feel that I was working, so I got another sponsor. and. I changed that one on step four, mid-holiday, which was brave move m- 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 yeah. m- m- <laughs> at the time for me, but I knew it wasn't right. And then I got another sponsor, Darren, who's been a little shining light for me. Mm-hmm. He's been superb. And you, I do struggle with day-to-day life. Like, I I don't feel like I fit into normal society, but I fit in with a bunch of addicts. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel I well, belong with that. Mm-hmm. and. You know, Being around normal people can be hard work, yeah. but working the program will give me a bit of structure around it. And I notice it, because like, sometimes I don't want to do a gratitude list, mm. sometimes I don't want to do inventory, no. sometimes I don't want to pray and meditate, sometimes I just want to feel like I want to have a day where I'm normal. Yeah. But I'm not normal, no. I never will be. No. And if I work my program and do the basics, it, it, it takes an hour of my day up, mm. not, probably not even that. Yeah it really does make that big difference. Mm-hmm. And I notice the minute I take away something, because I will try and take away something, cause I think, no, nah, fuck it, I'm going to be normal. It it quickly goes wrong, yeah. and it does. And uh, you know, it does teach you to try and keep you know, that normal, that you're not spiking too high, you're not spiking too low, you're trying to go along that middle plane. And I've had my battles, you know, and I've thrown my toys out of the pram, <laughs> but that's actually just normal life. Yeah, like It, it doesn't teach me that I'm going to have divine happiness forever. No. But what it does teach me is that I can be content with myself, be comfortable with my own skin and it's only now, so I'm nine months next week on uh, and only now I'm starting to feel comfortable with my body. Yeah. Slowly getting there. Yeah. And I've had a few little knockbacks. But yeah, that long. So this is a journey for life. It's yeah. not I'm not I think I expected to be cured. I'm never gonna be cured. No. And but it does teach me it teaches me to be more humble, more honest. Like, the honesty thing was a big one for mm-hmm. me. Like, I was the most dishonest person mm-hmm. in the madness. And when my lies were overlapping too much and people were calling me out on my lies, I knew that the, the curtains were coming down. Yeah. But the minute I started being honest, so the minute I told everyone that I've got an addiction issue, mm-hmm. and it weren't just an addictive personality that sounded trendy, it, it was freeing, yeah. you know, and you felt a weight, you you, you you honestly feel that weight come off your shoulders, yeah. and, doing the 12 steps as well and the order they're in it's just it is a beautiful journey that you Perfect, go on yeah. you know step 1, 2 and 3 you know you, you're you learning about yourself you're learning about recovery you're learning about how it works and you know what you've got to do and what you've got to accept and then you get to that step 4 and I I held back a little bit on step 4 and I've re- I'm revisiting it now because I put everything down all my harms and stuff and Character defects, fears, and everything, and there was no surprises in my character defects and mm-hmm. fears. Very aware of it, but I didn't do my sexual inventory as much as I'd like, and we're revisiting that okay. because uh, I noticed that now the drug treatment and drugs are gone, my my habits in the the sexual habits then come into play mm-hmm. because I'm still up for a bit of self sabotage. You know, yeah. I still want to die <clears> to death a little bit or yeah. play with it fire. Can, yeah. yeah, like it, like. Yeah. Um, one of my, one of the people in the room said to me, me, me "Self sabotage is sexy." Uh, I agree wow. with it. I think that's a, it's a real <laughs> powerful way to look at yeah. it. And uh, yeah, I have to flirt with that sometimes. And it's, I've just got to start flirting with positive influences. So I'm you know, playing football, going for a run again. And yeah. I'm a big lad, it's a struggle, but I'm trying to get back the things I love. Like I need, foot- I need to play a bit of five side to fill that empty hole that I can sometimes get. Mm. Recovery tops it up, but you can quickly empty it out, can't yeah. it? If we yeah. don't do the right things, yeah. Um, we can quickly, quickly lose what we want. Um, but last pretty content, you know, I've, I've never missed an assignment since getting into recovery, and mm. missed a, an appointment, because when, when I got my amends to my sister, she said, you, look, you know, we're not telling the kids about this. Um, I was like, right, I was like, she went, you really let down your nephew. Because uh, I kept saying I'd be there for his football, and I never was. Mm. I was always blown out. I didn't realise that he really wanted me there. Mm. I thought he wouldn't matter. Well, it was
0: the best intentions is it if my intentions yeah. to be there then that's enough like Yeah. mis misguided yeah, that's idea, it. you know I wanted my, to be there my, my attitude
1: is, is he ain't going to care yeah. if I'm there pitch, or not yeah. so he ain't going to miss me but actually he, he was mm. and he loves having me but I've not missed a football match if I can't be there I, I'll, he knows yeah. before, before kick off yeah. but if he's on the pitch and looks over he doesn't see me there like he used to mm. that breaks his heart yeah. so he knows that I'm not going to be there and that's, it's worked out lovely. Really? But if I, yeah, like I use a diary now, like it's so simple for a normal person. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. But it's it's like a key <laughs> bit of key for me to have that structure with people. Yeah, yeah it, it's a it's a beautiful thing, and yeah. you know, for most people that's just being an adult. I struggle to be an adult. Amen. You know, I am. I, I don't want to accept that I'm. What is it? Twenty six. No, 20-odd years since I left school. 22 years since yeah. I left school. I don't want to accept that. No. I, what I want to be is I want to be 16 again. <laughs> I, and I want to do it all again. And I, I fantasise so much about my younger years and how good it was. Mm. I And I want to go back. But I'm not there. And I've got to accept that I've got to do adult life. But mm. adult life can still be beautiful. Yeah. And yeah. I've met some beautiful people in recovery. Yeah. And the journey that I'm on over this nine months, you know, I, I think I hit my 18th gig yesterday, so music, Bob, this is where we connected, yeah, wasn't it, music, um, music was the biggest part of my recovery, <clears throat> apart from obviously the actual programme, um, it's therapy for me, music, yeah. lyrics and stuff like that, yeah. getting to gigs, seeing seeing live music, yeah. um, it brings me a lot of peace, yeah. it really does, and without music as well, I don't know where I'd be, I mean the 12-step programs and is good, and it, it does, it gets gives me so much, but you you need to start getting hobbies yeah. and interests and it's stuff. A bridge to normal living, isn't it? Yeah, because you, you, the worst thing that could happen, and so many, so many of us do it, is that they get clean and sober, but they're scared of the real world, mm-hmm. and going out and actually embracing life. Mm-hmm. I think you've really got to embrace life. Yeah. And I get stressed out if people don't want a bit of unity. Like, I get worked <laughs> up. So I, I am. So when I was a kid, I was like uh, the one knocking on the door at eight in the morning on a Saturday. Come out to play. Yeah. The annoying kids sadly Gary Go away. You're <laughs> the other one that was in
0: my room while I was still asleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Up, up, no. yeah. 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 So, go away, Gary. Like, Saturday morning. <laughs> but
1: I've gone the streets. I'm not for them. go it's not for them. The yeah. yeah. The and that's again because I didn't want to be on my own mm-hmm. then, and I, I needed needed something, and I, I was different. And even now, like I'm constantly basically on people, when make up wanna do something. Yeah, like, no, it's beautiful, isn't it? It's nice, but I am that pest. Like the I've got to remember sometimes they've got families mm. and uh they've got their own stuff like to deal with yeah, where, of course. where I always want to go out and play. <laughs> like and, that, and that's the bottom line. Or one day off. Yeah, come literally. Come yeah. on, let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm more comfortable with that now yeah. than what I that I used to be and uh yeah, it's just, it's a really humbling experience because I didn't know who I was. No. And at the age of 38, I finally find out who I was mm-hmm. and go on this journey and this is my best year I probably had for phew, over 20 odd years, like, wow. it's just, it is unreal and um, people are like, I'm not sure about recovery, all I can say is just go to one meeting around the 12 steps and just with an open mind yeah. because we're not, we weren't an open mind and if you feel like your life's unmanageable and you're struggling with day-to-day things and mm-hmm. you're depending on a substance just give it a go mm-hmm. and just be a bit willing because for me I gave up one thing but I've got everything I wanted wow. and we always talk about like the book says about your life beyond your wildest dreams mm-hmm. well my wildest dreams was never cars it was never a big house mm-hmm. It was never staying in five-star hotels. My Life beyond my wildest dreams was having a big friendship group that loved me and oh. I loved them. Um, being comfortable in my own skin, mm. going on a few little trips, and just being around nice people and just having a bit of peace in my life. Like I don't want much love, so I'm not materialistic. No. I want mem- it's the memories for me yeah, everything. Right. And my life, one well, my wildest dreams is to create memories. And I've had enough memories this year nearly that would probably replace the, the last 10 years of abuse on myself yeah. and I've, I've got to do, you know I've got to do 10 years of recovery straight away just to level out my 10 years mm-hmm. of abuse mm-hmm. and then I've got to then carry on living my life mm-hmm. and I've got to move on I've got to move forward yeah. but it's not been a bad first nine months <laughs> <to be honest laughs> if you are. and I'm just loving, loving the journey like meeting people like yourself Bob and others yeah. you know I, I, I would ex- fully expect that um, you, we're going to be in each other's lives yeah. for the rest of our yes. lives. There's a reason I got put in your path, and uh, we met in Ness. Mm-hmm. And uh, the minute I met you, I was like, yeah, this guy's, this guy's a bit of me, and <laughs> I wanted him on my journey. And yeah. it's been it's been beautiful, like, beautiful getting so beautiful people, and I listen, you know, yeah. listening. I've never used to listen. No, to my no. way or the highway, yeah. you know, someone like yourself who's got, you know, might be a sobriety, I listen to. Yeah. And I take on people's opinion i don 't shut the door on opinions no more, yeah because you 've got something I want, and other people have got something I want, mm. and it's you know and it's not it's not wealth and stuff like that, but it's just you as a person, and you can learn so much about yourself about others, and yeah you you can get what you want from life and uh yeah i can 't thank it I like it saved my life that 's the bottom line it saved my life I got willing, I got humble, and I got honest. And without that, I just don't know where I'd be right now, because mm. I think I was getting to that point where something bad was going to happen. Mm. And I'm going to be forever grateful for the people that I've met, for the people who helped me and supported me. And if I can ever give anything back to anyone else, that's the, the biggest gift, you know, try and give what we've been given yeah. um, and getting to that 12 step and, uh, and just being at peace with
0: myself. So, yeah. I think that's my journey, there, yeah, boss. Well. Powerful gal, thank you ever so much, mate. No I, problem. Uh, I love you, I I love you for the minute. I bet you really, yeah. Um, yeah, and to see your journey over these nine months, you've yeah, perhaps, you met me early, yeah, in my first month still, yeah, mate. Me. But the change, you know, yeah. the change, even just of, of late, the change, you know, like yeah. that's. That's what this program gives us, doesn't it? It's not, yeah. you know, you come in thinking, oh, I come in thinking I've got a cocaine problem, and I realize it is far deeper than that. Yeah, it's, me. Knows? it's me, yeah, it's my yeah. thinking that's, that's fucked, and I come in and I was useless, I was absolutely useless, but you, even in the last nine months, I know, I've learned so much from you, because I wasn't really experiencing life until I met you, to be honest, and then yeah. we're going out, we're doing gigs, and I know that you've brought other fellas that were early in recovery yeah. out, and they've experienced, fuck, I can do this stuff about drinking drugs, you know, and it's given them their it's life be- It's better, isn't it, as well. How, it's so much better. Yeah. But how beautiful that, for someone that couldn't be of use to anybody else, when no. they're now able to, to help people, you know, it's, it's fucking beautiful, isn't it's it? It's powerful stuff. Yeah. Yeah, getting feet people to their first gigs, yeah.
1: for me was, because I didn't think i played the part, mm. and then someone's like, yeah, like, they, Someone was struggling in and out of the meetings and they've relapsed a couple of times and he's one of my best mates in recovery now. I've seen that person come in for years. Yeah, you know, now, and he's now... That
0: aspect of it.
1: Gone through the work. And he's, he's lit up. up. He's lit <laughs> up. And he said that was his spiritual experience yeah. that oh, day. Yeah. And he had a sober gig and we we met um, John from Reverend and the Makers. Nice. And uh, it all clicked into place yeah. for him. I'm happy for him because he's a top guy. He is. but. Yeah, and he—I I remember saying it so because of that experience, because he didn't want to go to the gig gig that day. No,
0: he, I didn't. I didn't think that it was possible. Yeah, I, I, that kept me drinking and using because I thought, well, I can't ever go to gigs or fucking comedy nights or, it's or big football. It? Yeah, of course, because I knew yeah. that, and and, and the liar, the the, yeah. the liar. You know, when you do do these things like. Picture. There's a photo behind you of us yeah. at Ashcroft and <coughs> five, t- five drug addicts you know, <laughs> in the midst of it, yeah. But that, but that chucking down with rain as but well, would it. live so long in my memory like yeah. looking up when this rainfall's coming across the lights and we're just looking at each other like with glee, yeah. like abandoned. Like, wow. it was emotional, it was, was a really emotional, emotional yeah. moment. That. It was lovely, like, um, that was a spiritual moment, for 100%. Me. Was, you know? Yeah, there was uh,
1: there was a lot of emotion in the that day, mm. and uh. I think, because Rich Ashcroft, we're all similar age, so Rich Ashcroft will play a bit of a part. Oh, that's it. And again, with the lyrics. Yeah. Very good with lyrics, isn't mm, he? Very poignant. So, um, that was quite a moment. It was beautiful. You know, we had someone else, what is he, 12 years? Yeah. That was his first ever gig. <laughs> <laughs> let,
0: <laughs> like, let alone his first October gig. Wow. Yeah. He, like, he wasn't looking forward to it in the end. No. loving it, didn't he? He wants to go yeah. again next year. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I'll, I'll be up for that. A hundred percent. Um, Going through the process, was there any like particular step that, that did the most work for you or that you enjoyed the most? Or I've enjoyed step nine,
1: yeah. making the amends. Yeah. It's freeing. I've yeah. um, still got some amends to do. So Clayton's my biggest amends to do. I don't think he's quite ready for it. We're talking, mm. which is great, mm. and we're having a bit of communication, Yeah, and it's lovely. Um, and I think he knows there's a difficult conversation to be had, mm. and I want him to give me both barrels. Yeah, I need it. It's important, isn't it? It is important. Humbling. But also, it's it's emotional it, The connection you get between you and that other person when mm. you make that amends, yeah. you feel like the there's energy around yeah. it. And as much as you're gonna hear some awful stuff about yourself, you can actually, once it's done, you draw a line under yeah. it. And you move forward, yeah, and I, I think that. it builds stronger relationships. So every amends I've made so far, the relationships got stronger yeah, off the back of it. I agree. 100%. So yeah, because I know a lot of people dread the amends. It's beautiful. I think so. Yeah. Um, oh. yeah. Because I know I've already done it. Yeah. I know. I've the it. I've been I know I've, sh- been, <laughs> <the bastards. laughs> I've just been hiding. Yeah. In plain sight. So you're not going to surprise me no. you can tell me, <laughs> no. but no. Right. I need to know how you feel. Yeah, of course. And understand so problem, how I make you yeah. feel. Yeah. Because I know I'm not a bad person. I'm a I'm a good person that's done some bad things it's to people lost. because I was lost and confused yeah. and I didn't know myself. Mm. But now I know myself, yeah. I can I can respect people more and, and yes. listen
0: and be open minded. I agree with that entirely. Like <clears throat> I said sorry so often that it ceased to have any meaning whatsoever. 100%. It was sorry, can I borrow some money? Usually. Yeah. And when I've done my amends, the actual taking stock of what you've actually done mm. to this person yeah. and and verbalising that to them, so that they know that you've actually given consideration to what you've done. Yeah. Sort of s- puts a marker in the sand where I'm never going to cross that line again. Do you know, like I'm a- I've actually taken responsibility. And you're right. My relationships, all of my relationships, have blossomed um, because of that process. I love the fact as well, like when you talked about using. I never thought of it that way that I would use and then isolate so that I'm safe and protected. Yeah. I'd never considered that. But that's what I did. I withdrew from society because yeah. I couldn't be hurt in my, in my, my box room no. on my own. I'd never ever considered that. Yeah. You know, that's, that's interesting,
1: isn't it? I see, the only love I could form, so I, I was desperate for love. Yeah, we all are. Oh, uh, yeah, desperate for love and affection. And I wanted to feel love from a female. And it wasn't even in a sexual sense. No. Cuddle. Yeah. Kiss. Yeah. Holding hands. Like, yeah. Tactous, those little like. things. Yeah, like, you know, sp- and spending time with each other. Um, and just having that connection. Mm. And I would go on these dating sites, and I'd go Tinder worldwide, I'd buy all the premium stuff with the little money I'd left over. And I'd go to all these far-flung countries, and I would play lip service to these girls, and get them in to do it in return. And it was manipulation tactics, that's all it was. For I affection. was yeah, for affection. I'd, I'd manipulate them to the point of affection. Mm. I'd get what I needed, and I'd cut. Off the back on the come down, I'd be full of guilt, remorse, yeah. and shame. Yeah. So then I delete everything and panic, mm. and then by the by the next day I'm doing it all <laughs> again, and it's that vicious cycle. It's cruddle, around. round. It? It's so horrible. And while I'm actually on coke, it felt great, mm. like doing that and getting these girls to say the right thing But equally, I felt bad for them. Like I, I can't, I can't make amends to these people that I don't know. Like
0: no.
1: I went to Africa, Asia, no. South America, like. <laughs> Wow. I would go everywhere. Like and Yeah, because as well I thought it was exciting talking to someone from another country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All because I just wanted to feel a bit of love. A
0: little bit of attention, yeah, a bit of affection.
1: Yeah, and my mind weren't tuned to the fact of actually everything you're doing, like I thought I'd find love in the bottom of a bag of coke.
0: Yeah. You don't. No. Like, it's contaminated as well, isn't it? anything you do in yeah. that state is contaminated. Isn't of course. It? Yeah, the psychosis as well, you brought it back for me as well. I used to be on dating apps. And the words on someone's profile would morph as I'm looking at it. And he'd be like, we know what you're up to, Bob. And i would be like, yeah, fucking yeah. throwing his phone across the room, lad. yeah." That, that one, what I signed up for when I was watching Oasis at, fuck, as a kid and thinking cocaine looks really glamorous like does, rock and roll. Rock and roll, roll does glamorise cocaine. And, uh, yeah. and that, that wasn't my experience in the end. It was far from glamorous. No. Know? And you spoke about like letting your personal hygiene go and all of that stuff. Yeah. And, and in the end, I was like, Using for two or three days and then laying in bed for two or three days and just in a pit of despair and it was fucking horrible. And my life showering is an effort. Of course it is. Well I'll do that later, I'll do that, you know, manana, manana. That was my life. And and like you said today, like to be able to be present and actually do the things that I say I'm gonna do. Yeah. It's revelationary for me. Like so much of my life like you were talking about appreciating the things that normal civilians take for granted. I honestly feel like we get two lives. We get this one that prepares us yep. and then we get this second one where we can actually appreciate, appreciate these little it. things that other people take for granted yeah. you know I'm grateful for fucking central eating and fresh clothes and hot water because yeah. I didn't you yeah. know, I, I didn't experience those things before
1: you've got money to, to buy things Absolutely. like little things but like Again, like, I'm not even worried about the brand. Oh, my trainers are probably the only thing that I do. Oh, I think every I do, addict has
0: got a fucking trainer thing. Trainer, trainer things.
1: Like, so I had 60 pairs of trainers 60. In, in Active Addiction. Fucking in in Active Addiction. They and went. They, they went. went bag, cause I, got, like, I, got, like, I was buying pairs of trainers. It was like as, as addiction was building. So I still had a little bit of disposable. Hmm. And I'd buy my trainers. But because I worked to, like, for a footwear store for a while and other things like that, Okay, I've got my discount. I built up my collection, but in the end, mm. that collection went because I needed my drugs. Yeah. And uh, sixty pairs went down to about two pairs <laughs> because I think I sold sixty pairs for probably about two hundred quid, it's, which is a night. It's yeah. a night and a half probably on the drugs. Yeah. Nothing is <coughs> it. And then all my footwear, like my little, and that was a hobby. That's a healthy hobby, I'd mm. say, rather than a unhealthy yeah. it? it's still an obsession it's
0: self-care isn't it it's no, it's no yeah. consequences
1: to having too many hours of training it, is, is is it? It. it ain't hurting anyone. No, it's, it's not probably not hurting not. my pocket a little bit but yeah, still. You, you need like I need to feel good after uh coming out of the like coming out of active addiction and try and get sober mm. you know getting my dress sense right I, I've got 20 so Nine months, twenty bottles of aftershave. <laughs> like yeah, but um, this is nice. Are, are, are yeah. It's important for me to smell good. 100%. Because I never used it. And We always notice each other. We do. Yeah.
0: This is like we we live by our senses, don't we? It's important yeah. for me to. 100%. smell nice, You know. Because I
1: did. I remember that that last couple of weeks home. Oh, I smelled my armpits like <laughs> yeah. I've never been like a kid that smelt. No. I'd always been tough myself. Yeah, of course, but it up it to it's a sh- certain standard, don't yeah. Me, you know, but that. It all goes out the window. My upbringing was spot on. Yeah. Like, you know, I looked after myself. I had what I needed. Yeah. You know, there's nothing traumatic in my childhood. You know? um, but yeah, light
0: like, hole in the soul. You yeah. know what like, makes took me back as well? Where you said that you you made sure that you had just enough petrol to get to and from work, and yeah. just enough for a little bit of food. Yeah, the rest was for drugs. And that that was me as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oftentimes, I didn't even have any money for food. I'd, I'd shoplift my breakfast. Yeah, sandwiches on the way to work. and just so that I had enough for the gear. and yeah. that, I could have money in my hand, and I'd think about buying a pair of trainers or a pair of jeans, which I desperately needed, and I'd yeah. think, oh, no, they're fucking, that's too expensive. Yeah. And then I'd happily go and give 100 quid Took like it. It, for the gear, but it was like yeah. that money meant nothing. It was literally a means of transaction. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Money had no value in it. That that's more important than jeans. Oh, like, massively. Yeah. Like, that's Possibly. going to give you what you need, yeah. and it's going in to fix instance. all your problems, yeah. isn't it?
1: Like, in that's that instance. The yeah. attitude. Yeah. yeah, but I used to, with my petrol, to so Tesco's, they used to take a pound. Oh, you was one of these And babies. then like 48 hours later, it would come out of your bank. Oh, okay. So, I'd know that I'd get some more <laughs> gear and uh, someone's got a pound in my bank, <laughs> loan up my car, 60 quid, yeah. to get to work. fuck, the, fuck the, that when it bounces, fuck it. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they'll take it in the end yeah. and that's fine and then we're not paid because I'm not, it, it, it just minuses your account. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so if I thought oh, I need the gear. Mm. I have got my petrol sure. money there. Right, keep that pound. <laughs> Jump down, quid. Yeah. Crazy, isn't it?
0: It's it's But it becomes so normal. Like someone said to me the other day that they, like whether I don't know, like with addiction, whether you cross that line of no return or whatever. But he said, you know how morally you slip, and he said, I don't remember the first time I did it on a Monday, but. Once yeah. I've done that, then Monday is a fair game. They become acceptable now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whereas in my mind's eye, prior to that, oh, I'd never do gear on a Monday. Yeah. But soon as I've erased that line, it, it ceases to exist. You know, like.
1: So I think my mind was looking for an excuse to become a regular user. Yeah. Like I think you you battle with it for a period, yeah. And it's weekend thing, weekend thing, weekend thing, mm. and then yeah, I, I felt like because my nan had passed and my mate had a brain tumour, I thought, well, I, I deserve this. Yeah. I, you know my name's not here more my mate's suffering I deserve to <laughs> I deserve to fucking do gear a bit yeah. more regularly yeah. Yeah. So poor Paul, me my, my life this Yeah, is my life do you my, know what uh, I mean you know yeah. they're, they're, I'm, I'm worse off than them yeah. like, I it feels very for me, me. Yeah, yeah and it is it's like yeah and then you think I did actually like I say I helped him on his, recu- like his recovery from his brain tumour mm. but I just weren't a very I was very selfish when he got back to full health mm. because he just he was different, and I I always regret that behaviour. Even after the amends, I still regret it because he he's one of the most nice, nicest people around. He'll do anything for anyone. He's yeah. done a lot for me, yeah. and
0: uh, but that's what you know, like. That is a massive component of addiction, isn't it? That selfishness. Yeah, you know, I never thought I was selfish. I, I hated that uh, that word. That character in someone else. Yeah. Would, would make <clears> us. Oh yeah. Us. Or if I see someone, oh, oh he's a control freak. and like that, yeah. I would bristle at that. Time. Where all of those things. I, we hated I never with. knew. Yeah. <laughs> but I was <laughs> until I went through the process, and I'm like, oh oh. I was you such know. a nice kid. I thought so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I generally was. was, was k- like, kicking like, me in the bollocks. Yeah. You know. There
1: was obviously we had selfish moments as children and stuff, and it's part of growing up. But I used to just want to be happy with everyone around me mm. being happy. Yeah. If they're happy, because like, and and what we get now, we if we see other people happy, we're happy, don't we? Yeah. But that was what I was like as a kid, and I lost all that. Mm. I I was seeking being happy, Well actually my happiness comes from helping others and being present for yeah, others. Yeah. You know. I'm yeah, and that beautiful. Yeah, you know, all my friends around me, my old friends, not the new ones I've made. You know where they've seen my journey. They they're just happy that I'm well, mm. and that's normal for a normal person. People, that hates it yeah, obvious, isn't
0: it to be happy for others? Yeah, I hated I hate when other people were doing well. That's it. That's so resentful. Yeah, I never knew. I didn't know that I felt that way, but inside of me, I'm judging yeah. and I'm ugh. Look at that person. How look, dare they do well? You I had know?
1: some real frank discussions with Chris. So like I say Chris was the guy I know since was three, and Chris's path. He he went travelling three times when he was younger, and. Chris was the one that always wanted to be the free spirit, travelling with no ties and no commitments. Mm. I was the one that wanted the wife, the kids, the family. 2.4 children. And Chris got married, and he's now got a little one, Casey, about four months old now. And he felt guilty, because he knew that's what I wanted. Yeah. And he felt, he found it hard, like, telling me and stuff. And that's sad, because actually, Chris is the only person I've never resented for what right. he's got. Mm. Chris grew up; he was really poor, yeah. really poor. He's worked so hard to get everything he's got, yeah, like it's earned, yeah. it's not given. And we have to earn what we've got now, yeah. and you can finally appreciate that. Yeah. And I've never resented it. And Joe, you know what? I'm glad I got sober before Casey was born. Yeah, lovely. Because I'm there now, and I'm present. It. And Uncle Gary. Uncle Gary, yeah. and he wouldn't have known me, like, <coughs> I, the, the thought, like, Casey, I wouldn't have seen Chris or Casey as much, and Lauren, his wife, mm. and he's got an amazing family, but they're my family as well, That's it. and um, yeah. I'm so lucky to have them, yeah. like, and all we wanted, Chris wanted to see me is get well, we tried everything to get me well, and I let him down so much, mm. and yeah, and he never has to feel guilty about welcome no got. One can, no nah, one can, because it, nah. he's got a beautiful life, yeah like he's yeah, he he a beautiful it. person, yeah, yeah he deserves and uh it. yeah, and it's a shame that he felt that way, but obviously, I was showing my personality was showing that I probably was a resentful bit of character yeah, because absolutely. I was unhappy in my own life, yeah. And, our
0: relationships yeah it's just like spot on again he's, uh, he's a good bloke do you know something else I, I love about this process is that <clears throat> I sort outside of myself for things that would make me happy all the time like drugs sex fucking yeah. clothes status all of those yeah. things and the truth was revealed to me in the, the process that we go through which is that my a lot of my self-esteem and happiness comes from helping other people. Yes. Who fucking knew? You yeah. know what I mean? I'm like selfish to the core. Me, 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 yeah. me. And the second I do something for someone else, I think, oh, that feels nice. Really and good, yeah. It does feel really good. And that's where yeah. my sort of, a lot of my happiness and contentment comes from now, which is you know, yeah. no one can really judge me anymore because I've cleared my side of the street and I've yeah. taken responsibility for everything that I've done. Mm-hmm. But also like every day now I get to choose who I want to be. Yeah. You know what? I, I thought I'd wake up one day and it'd just be magic pill and I'd be like, ooh, all wow, right, I feel happy. And yeah. That's not life, is well, it? It's every day I have to, like you said, sometimes can struggle with the program. I don't yeah. want to fucking do it. You know, I, I, I want to be normal. I've been yeah. through those times, but I have to get up and I have to do these things that make me yeah. happy. That, get
1: past that struggle, because we all wake up think, I could stay here. <laughs> I'm comfortable here. It's
0: warm in that bed. Yeah,
1: it's yeah. warm in that bed. Yeah. And I can't... Nothing can go wrong in this bed. <laughs> so I'll stay here. But well, you have to get up and you have to face life. Mm. And when you do, it's, it's all right. Like mm. Life's actually... It's what you make of life, isn't it? And it, it's a beautiful journey. Really and you appreciate other things. You know, I I didn't touch on it high power. Mm. I struggled around my high power. And, um, you know, at first I... I I was using my nan, hmm. and I heard someone say we shouldn't be putting the the extra weight on the dead. Okay. okay. And so I what I now think before, is my nan's actually an angel on my shoulder. Like that. So she's looking over me, but she hasn't got to carry the burden hmm. of my woes. Yeah. So then I tried to find God, as in the the God Almighty, the the religious Christ Himself. And I was walking around Belgium and Holland looking at churches, looking for a moment. Uh, and that's the truth. Yeah, fair. Yeah, you know, nearly now. six months into recovery at that point, And I was like, come on, give me a sign, Give me a fucking sign now. <laughs> and it don't work like that either. Yeah. And then one of your sponsees, uh, I come back after a bit of a tough time um, on the holiday. And one of your sponsees, I don't know if I can mention his name or not. I don't suppose he'll mind. Ty. Yeah. Mentioned that he's higher power was mother nature. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And... When you think about Mother Nature, the trees, the planet, yeah. the ocean, you know mm-hmm. the sky and everything around yeah, it's us. all set up for us. Well, there's a there's a real comfort around that because I've always been at one and been at peace when I'm at like when I go for a walk through a forest yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, I lots feel lots my, that. my calmest mm-hmm. uh, if I'm surrounded in in you know stuff that isn't man-made no. and uh, you know go Concrete jungle stresses me out. Yeah, same. taking that away, it's beautiful. And yeah. when he ventures, I was like, I can set one that, and yeah. I can be really comfortable, content, and identify with oh, it. I love that. The universe in itself yeah. and how amazing it is. How it uh, it's humorous. Yeah. yeah, like you know, animals and us and how we're formed and stuff like that. It's like
0: I, I, I can really Sense identify that. My God, as my higher power. Yeah. yeah, I like that. And um, and um, my conceptions changed. About five times in the last four years, do you yeah. know what I mean? I, I think it's whatever works for you at the time, isn't it? And, and your conception will always change and grow, but I think that's important because I used to we come into the room, yeah, but I used to come into the room and people say God, and I think, oh, fuck off, mate. And I get up and walk yeah. out, I, you know, the big bearded gauge in the sky, yeah, yeah, it didn't work for me, it did not work for no. me, and, and my, you know my conception, when you when you come into the rooms and you see these people getting well and you think every single one of these people believe in something yeah. outside of themselves, there has to be power in that, there yeah. has to be power in that you know and, and when I eventually gave myself over to, talks talked about being a control freak when I give that control over I don't suffer anymore no. I'm not trying to, you just fucking stay there, no. you just say this, you do that yeah. and, and, and this will all be sweet it, it, my life ain't like that today, my no. life is like um, an unfolding you know I let it unfold yeah. and I think I say to myself so many times a day, it is what it is. Yeah, Do you know what I
1: mean? It, it, I say it, that a lot of people like that time, but I like saying it. Fuck them, it is what it is, you but, know? And it, like, as well, like, if, if you had told me before this journey that an, an addict could help me get sober, I'd be like, no. And a lot of my mates commented, like, how the hell? We went, Surely you all just want to get on it when you get in the room. And I'm just like, nah. I was like, but the one thing I noticed when you've got two addicts together, hmm. um, who are in a good spiritual condition, mm. I genuinely feel energy now. Yeah. Well, I never used to appreciate or acknowledge energy, yeah. but I notice when someone's not feeling good, I can, conf- I feel negativity yeah, now. Empathy, and yeah. i never recognized it and mm. dealt with it until I got into the rooms. But like now, like, when well, like everyone am with you, Bob, mm. I feel real connected, yeah, positive energy, yeah. and I really, really enjoy it. Yeah, and you know, I've got a friend that's going through some stuff at the minute, and he, he's very doom and gloom. Mm. Uh, and he does it, I can feel the energy zapping yeah. out around me. Like, and be I've, careful
0: around that stuff.
1: My, my right. like, ball that I used to put around me, mm. well, my ball now is that, my, this visible energy yeah. that I'm trying to be a good positive person yeah. and I'm trying to get him to be positive, but yeah. he's got so much good stuff going
0: for him. Mm. He's letting this one little thing bothering. him. Yeah. And it's bringing the whole house down. Well, we're so <coughs> lucky in, in that respect, aren't we, that we've got these tools and the people out there. We and, are. And, and we can re- like, once I know my character defects and my fears, I can see fear in other people, yeah. right? And I don't jump into them two-footed when they say yeah. something that I, I would have set me off in the park. How fucking dare they? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like I can see, oh, like, oh, that person's probably a little bit afraid of this happening yeah. or that happening now. It's a revelation now how yeah. much we learn and we grow, in it? 100%. Yeah. I said to my sister, with because well, if you do the tent, we we'll do the gratitudes in the morning, mm.
1: and then we we'll do inventory of the night. And I said, if you'd... If that was taught in schools oh, to kids yeah. and you said, look, do some things that you're grateful for, but also, you, you know, you can own a, get a kid to own a lie mm-hmm. without repercussions of the wow. lie, but just go and look, the, encourage, them, lie, them, to encourage them to be honest. Yeah.
0: Imagine what a, a more tolerant yeah. kind of society, society. we would live in, I've, And it teaches us that, this program. I've got a lot of um, ambitions with, with regards to, like, children and now yeah. we can teach them with the, the tools that we've been given. Yeah. I would have loved, you know like even if as, as a kid like you go through trauma or imagine someone sat you down at the end of the day and went, was there anything that went on today that frightened you? or was there anything yeah. that scared you? or was there anything you was dishonest about that yeah. you might want to talk about now? Imagine how they grow from that. Then, well the next day they get to start their day again yeah. fearlessly, do you know, rather than having that burden and that weight if of anxiety. If you remember the kids, like if something I, happened, like say you got
1: bullied Walking it would happen all the
0: time to me. I would yeah. be with a group of friends. Everything would be sweet on a Sunday. I'd go. I'd go home on a Monday. All oh, these lot are after us. Yeah. What, what, why? Yeah. Like, and now I've got this sinking thing that, that this gang are after us, yeah. and I've not even played a part in it, and I'm terrified. Yep. Yeah. And I've got to live with that knot well, in my I mean, stomach. And yeah. Like other kids ain't suffering like me. Other kids might enjoy that sort of. Th- don't they? Gym. Yeah. I've got a few friends that, <laughs> you know, yeah. Her Majesty's pleasure that yeah. did used to enjoy that, that wasn't me, I was a very sensitive child, you know? If yeah. I'd have had the facility to talk to someone and and, and, and explore how I felt, Yeah. but I, I, life was just a series of events that used to happen to me, you know? Yeah. Like now, now I take each day as it comes, and like you said, gratitude in the morning, bookend it of an evening, yeah. that's my day encapsulated it's in that day. If bad happened, we've owned it, and we've, we've owned owned it it, dealt with it, tomorrow's a fresh new yeah. day, you know? Um. What's your, what's your ambitions for the future, Gal? What, what, how do you see your life panning out from here on in? Because obviously you're, you've had your eyes open to the possibilities of what's possible for you now. And I've seen you grow Yeah. yeah. Then, uh, so I think I've got
1: to go back to further education at some point. Education was never my thing, but mm. now I understand myself and why education wasn't my thing. It kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, I'd like to be involved. I'd like to obviously lose a lot of weight and I'd like to be involved in football
0: you look like you've done a load of weight, to be honest. A bit, a little
1: bit, yeah. Um, I've been trying to monitor again, same way I monitored the coke, Crisp, chocolate, sweets, of the days. Yeah. Like my first takeaway on Friday for three and a half weeks. See that? See what I mean? That's, like, got, that's growth. Though, that is it? growth because yeah. I couldn't go four or five days. No. Nah. So. And it's uh, nice to have a little treat as well, isn't it? You, you kind, yeah, the little things, and it's a reset. I've reset the app and yeah, then I move nice. on. But I'll, you know, I, I feel that my calling's helping people. Yeah, um, you know. I, I've i got one sponsee, unfortunately he's he's out there again mm. and when he's ready he'll come back. Yeah, uh, I'm up for taking on more sponsees and taking on the work. Um, I want to show people that actually there is a good life and mm. I know we've shown a few people this year you know, that with music and stuff you can do what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. But I think my life's helping people, I don't want much in terms of money, mm. I, I want enough to get by and probably get my own little place at some point. Um, and I want to, I want to see as much of the world as possible. Yeah, and that's I what love I love it.
0: about you is that you love to go travelling. Yeah, I, see I do. Your faces and
1: but I think you know, I, I do. I'd still love to have kids and stuff like that. Beautiful. Like that would be great. And if I don't, I'll see the world while that. Whatever journey. Thing is, I'm not fixed no more. No, that's beautiful. Like, I used to see Kat be having a family. Mm. Well, maybe that's not my journey. Mm-hmm. I'd like to have kids, but it might not be my journey. Mm-hmm. But if that doesn't fall into place, I'll still see new places and do new things and help others, you know. is worldwide. Yeah. And Wow I That's interesting, Yeah. That? And I want <laughs> I'm happy to go where because 'cause I'm booked in Framsterdam next year for convention. Oh yeah. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, I've done yeah. that, so Amsterdam's like When's that? What month's that? Was I
1: that? think it's June. Oh I might have to have some of that. Yeah. <laughs> so Amsterdam, so I, mean, I love Amsterdam. I've done everything Trip in Amsterdam. Like yeah. I've done smoked weed, I've done mushrooms, i done coke, drunk a lot. Mm. But actually it's the only place that does not to do any of those things. Yeah. It's my most comfortable I, city in the world. I felt like that because
0: I thought it was going to be this sleaze fest and I went with a girl that I was yeah. at the time who we was engaged and it was just a really beautiful city. I loved it. It's only a slight corner clean the areas. city, isn't it? The... Oh yeah. I, and and for some reason it was shut when I went. Yeah? Yeah. That <laughs> annual day off. Yeah. Brought the shutters down. Bob's coming. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, but I love you know, I love that we've got so much on offer for ourselves, haven't we? We truly we have,
1: have. Yeah, this is, yeah, my journey, I, my journey's not fixed. No, And I it, is it's always really fixed. It's exciting thing. I, I was like, I have to do this and mm. I have to do that. I need, I need a girlfriend, I need kids. Mm. I don't need a girlfriend you're today. You're probably, I'd like a girlfriend, girl. I don't need a girlfriend. I'd like kids, I don't need kids. No. Um, because I've got all the love and validation I need in the rooms. Yeah and I can give all my love and validation to other people in the rooms. not an it. Um, and I've got an yeah. army of people that's on the same journey as me, yeah. and I as long that. as I stay on that road, yeah. I'm protected, I'd yeah. say, Beautiful. and that's what I need.
0: The last thing I, I want to ask you about is that, <clears throat> you know so many people, like I defined an addict as someone on a park bench who was like fucking covered in their own piss and all the rest of it, and then when I got to a meeting, I see all these people outside happy and joyous and laughing and I thought this yeah. can't be the right place. And like you, there were so many times when I, I wanted to leave, yeah. what would you say to someone who might be listening to this who who's curious and they, and they find that themselves in that position where they get to a meeting and they're, they're just frightened to go over the threshold, you know? I'd say get uncomfortable. Nice. Um,
1: the first thing I did was get uncomfortable because I've comfort, been comfortable so long. Mm. The minute you get comfortable and open-minded and willing, mm. your whole life will change. Yeah. It will, and I—I'd be honest. I was relu- I, I knew I needed it, mm. but I was scared of going to that second meeting. I was full of fear. Yeah, of course. But being full of fear is a good thing because that's what's going to help me grow. Mm. And I would just say, don't ever shut the door on one meeting. No. Keep keep coming back yeah. and, until the penny drops, the lights come on. Mm and you relate to something. Because you might not relate to that person no. in the chair. You know, you might be a male and you walk in as a female chair. Yeah. And the girl that grabbed my arm and took me in the room, she, she was chairing that night. And uh, I didn't relate to her story, but she knew what I was about yeah. and she said to me outside. Yeah. And you know, you always find something to relate. And yeah, I think so.
0: That's why Even I was, if it's not the main chair, is
1: it? It's, no, it's it. Someone
0: might chair back and you might think, oh.
1: Yeah, for me. I'd say just do the opposite of what you've been doing for the last couple of years, because mm. if you're thinking your life ain't working, don't be insane, because if you keep repeating <laughs> it, that's insanity, isn't yeah, it? I doing like the that. same thing over again, expecting <laughs> different results. Yeah. So just go in, do something different to what you would normally do, yeah. and just be open-minded, try it for a month, mm. see what it's about, do a little bit of unity, do the service as well, like that triangle, unit service recovery, yeah. it's just so pivotal. Mm. And get a little bit of that in there, yeah. and you know, go out with a bunch of sober people who are yeah. absolutely nuts, and you realize <laughs> actually you didn't, don't need to drink some drugs. Like,
0: <coughs> embrace it for what, it's, for what it is, it doesn't cost a penny. No, that's the fucking irony, isn't it? I spent, yeah, I dread to think, I wouldn't like to add up what I spent seeking solace, and then I yeah. walk into these rooms and. They say, if you've got a pound, put it in a jar, and yeah. not, keep coming back, you know? Your own happiness is free of charge. Yeah. It is. <laughs> you know, and
1: you've got total control of it as well. Yeah, Only you can dictate your own happiness, and I paid thousands and thousands of pounds chasing my happiness mm. when actually, it it was for free and I just had to take one thing out of my life to get back to normal happiness again. Beautiful. and that was just losing the, the drink and drugs. Yeah what is it then
0: yeah like it we said earlier change one thing and yeah. then changes. It's, it's such a small sacrifice as yeah, well when you actually it's look it's at it. The reality. Because
1: yeah. it's not giving me anything. No. It's oh. not you know no. oh.
0: You're forever chasing that first line, that feeling, yeah. You'll never get it back. No. It made me, it made me laugh when you said you had a brilliant night the first time you did it on one line. Yeah. But wasn't that the case? Like you'd have half a gram and four of you. Yeah. Like, this is like. This is the best. I'd I'd have three tickets, four
1: tickets myself and yeah. I'm in that absolute misery. It's not enough, yeah. <clears> not <clears> I mind. remember walking down to the seafront regularly, just tears, sitting there on the beach like how how do I get out of this? Yeah. As how do i do it and yeah like i say when when brett introduced me to that podcast um change everything change, change yeah. everything and yeah just uh keep going until the magic happens because no, like it will happen yeah. when it And it I, like,
0: I like going i like going to different meetings as well like because you will find the people that you connect yeah. with like your tribe <coughs> that's a bit cliche find your tribe but it's true you you'll go to different yeah. meetings and, and meet different sets of people and, and you will feel comfortable. Yeah, recovery evolves, doesn't it? Like, if it you does. sit
1: still, you'll go stout, mm-hmm. old habits will form. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm just about to get to that nine month stage, and I went to a new meeting the other day, and they yeah. asked me to do a bit of service That's there. Lovely, yeah. And it's like, right, well, I'm evolving. Yeah. You know, we went to one in London, Chalk yeah. Farm. Yeah, that was nice. That was really, really good. Yeah. I went out to one in Hull. Yeah, yeah. And that was really good yeah, meeting. Yeah,
0: powerful.
1: But I'm up for, I'm up for doing that. Yeah, like, I know Amsterdam has bilingual meetings, so. Yeah. I, I will go in and I will try some of these bilingual meetings yeah, because nice. they will have a different view on fellowship because mm. like where we are in Essex, in London, mm. there we, we notice that there are the big differences in recovery yeah, and yeah. the journeys that they're on. Yeah, we're very lucky, aren't we?
0: Six. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. We're blessed
1: with a lot of meetings. We are very much like so so. there's, there's always one within ten miles mm-hmm. um, on every given day. Yeah, and exactly
0: that. And when I was new in, like if I'm going to be using every night, <coughs> why would I not go to a meeting? Do you know what I mean? They're, yeah, they're safe havens, aren't they? Yeah. Um, I just want to say thanks, Girl. No problem. To be honest, like always thanks happy. for coming today, but, but just thank you for your friendship. Like I've learned such a lot from you, and and I love you. Genuinely, as a person, you know, like I, I never experienced that in addiction. I, it was always what, what's in this for me, yeah. and that's not the case. I just see you as a really beautiful person, yeah. and I'm, I'm grateful to be your friend. Same, same to you, Bob.
1: Mm-hmm. When I met you, I might, might, might have even got my thirty day chip, possibly that shoe mm-hmm. But again, if I didn't meet you and you got put in my path on that journey, and I, things might have been different. Mm-hmm. I might have gone back out of the room. I don't know, but I feel like you was put in my life for a reason. Yeah um I've, i do love you like a hell of a lot yeah. and you have you've got the biggest heart you also give the biggest cuddle I <laughs> you know, gets to meet you in person you they them. need a bear hug <laughs> I, like, I love them as well yeah I they're them. good you yeah. do, I do i do we're, we're needy people aren't we we well, uh, well i love you yeah. i love us so always have you know but yeah you've you've been there on the phone at any time even if i'm in a bad place or a good place and you've always got good words of advice i listen to you and uh yeah, I'm glad to have you in my life, and
0: I'm hoping to have you in my life for many, many more years, Bob. Sure, it's good. mate. Now, isn't it? Yeah, it family now. That's it. Thank you for your wisdom today. Can you do me a favor and lead us out in the usual way?
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> who's large and in charge? <laughs> God. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change.
0: Courage to change the things okay. I can and the wisdom sounds of the difference. Beautiful. Amen. Amen. God bless people. I shall see you on the next episode. We may refer to the source by different names. God, the higher power, the Holy Spirit, or perhaps the cosmos, the source, of the time,